Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 13, verses 15 through 16 and 21 through 22. And before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how God wants to speak to us today? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. You are the God of now. And please help us to be present to you. Let's not Help us to not just be here, but help us to be present. You are always present to us, Lord, and we want to give you that gift back. And we ask you, please, as we open up uh, the gospel that we're going to hear this Sunday for Mass, that you will just enlighten our, our minds and just plant a fire, place a fire in our hearts to get to know you more, to love you more, and to serve you more at home, at work, at school, on the ball field, everywhere that we go, that we can be your love, your light, your joy, your peace uh, in, a, in a world that needs you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the, name of the, the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. So reading from the gospel according to Luke chapter 3, 15 to 16, and verse 21 to 22. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, Tom, as you were sharing, I, I, I just... Stop the moment. The first sentence, the people were filled with expectation and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. And I just changed that to ask myself a question. Are the people that I interact with every day in my home, in the workplace, in the community and in the church, does it cause a stirring in their heart? And are they filled with this expectation to meet Christ? Am I an invitation Or do I push them away? You know, for me, I want to be constantly in communion with God so that people, when they meet me through my life's journey, that it creates a stir in their heart, a restlessness, that they want to meet Christ. And I'm called to be that ambassador for Christ. I'm called to be in my uniqueness, Christ in the world, as it's no longer I that live as St. 
as St. Paul says in his letter to Galatians, but Christ that lives in me, it's Christ who people are to meet in the home, in the workplace, in the community, and yes, in the church. So for me, it's a challenge. You just read that, boy, I, I want to make sure I'm in constant communion, common union with the heart of the Lord so that it is truly him that they meet in me wherever I am, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. Expectation is, uh, I think, something that we place on ourselves and, and others far too often that, um, you know, whether it's an expectation for us to whatever we define as success, you know, for us to succeed, you know, we place an expectation on ourselves or we place, place expectations on our, our spouses if we're married or our kids or our friends. And, um, and that, that's, that's, that's not right because when we have those expectations, um, then we're saying that, you know, we're saying the opposite of what God said to Jesus, you're my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. He didn't say with what you do or with what you accomplish. With you, I am well pleased. So if we have all these expectations on ourselves and others, then it's like, I love you because of what you do or, or if you accomplish this or, you know, I'm happy if I accomplish. No, God created me and created each one of you listening individually, uniquely. You will never be repeated ever since this time or, or after we're gone. There will never be another you. And... um yeah, I think the expectation we need to place is on, on God, that we need to have expectant faith. When we pray, we need to pray with that expectant faith that God wants to shower us with goodness, wants to shower, with, shower us with goodness. My dad had a, a line he, he gave um, to someone who uh, had a, relation, a, a bare relationship with, with her father, and she was expecting him to be the father that she wanted. And, and he said, if you, when you cease expecting, you have all things in your human relationships. Because once you expect, and if you don't get it, you're disappointed. Well, yeah, so when you cease expecting, you have all things. And it's, it's really gave, gave her a lot of peace. Um, so I just pray that, uh, you know, that God will help me not to place undue expectations on myself or uh, on anybody else, but to have expectant faith in him and in God and God's goodness and, and that he wants to bless me abundantly. And, you know, that brings back a ditty to my heart that I share with my children as we treat, teach them the true meaning of stewardship, that everything we have is a gift from God that we're to open and to use to help others. And so I said this to the children. I said, when is a gift no longer a gift? It's when it's an expectation, when I expect to get that check, when I expect to get these things. And it really robs the fact that it was meant to be a pure, unconditional gift. So for me, I want to surrender my expectations. My ache is for the Lord. And it says right here, you know, that their hearts, their hearts were wondering. And I, I remember, I forget which saint it was. It was St. Augustine said that all hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. I mean, that's my heart. My heart aches. Every human heart, all seven billion ache ache and are restless until they rest in the Lord. They, there is that seed of faith that God planted when he created every human being, when he formed them in the womb of their mother, when he knitted soul to body. There is that ache of the heart to be united with the Father who knew them before he formed them in, their, in the womb of their mother. So for me, so many human hearts today 
are looking to the world to satisfy that ache. And it, it's like drinking salt water, thinking you're going to quench your thirst. It ends up killing you. But when we truly, truly send our heart's desires to God, it is our expectations are nothing in comparison to the love that God continues, continually lavishes on us. And it becomes not just, and this is key for me, especially as a Catholic, it's not just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a beginning. That's a starting point. You know, I hear that a lot from my brothers and sisters that aren't Catholic. Oh, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. But as Catholics, we know that's a starting point. God, God the Father, Jesus opened the door and taught us how to pray. Our Father, He wants to have an intimate relationship with us, be involved in everything we do. You know, for me, I invite God the Father along on my journey every day as I say, come along, Father, on this great adventure which you created me for. Jesus wants not just a personal, but an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with him in so much he wants that and desires that, that he gave us the greatest gift of all, the Eucharist, his very self, body, blood, soul, and divinity every day. At a Catholic Mass, we have the opportunity to receive Christ within us. We are what we eat. We consume Jesus. He's pictured in the book of Revelation as the lamb as if slain. Why? Because he's continually, that one sacrificial lamb, our Paschal lamb, continuing to offer himself for us every day to give us that spiritual food that we need. When Jesus taught us how to pray, we pray. Give us our day, our daily bread. And God says, you got it. Yes, you have physical food, but you have the ultimate, the spiritual food in, through, and with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. He's there, fully present. Can you imagine that? Jesus wants not just personal, but as a Catholic, ever-deepening marital intimacy so that we can continue to grow deeper and ever deeper in that relationship with him so that why so that we can in our uniqueness bring Christ to others bring Christ to others I think we were you, you had mentioned about expectations <clears throat> and I think the 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 thing about expectations I think is that we get in our minds a certain way that things are and when we certainly when we do that with God we're going to run into limitations because God is all things are possible in God so whenever we create expectations we've kind of conceptually defined something and therefore we we create limit limits on that type of a thing but the other thing too, I think we you know there are ways that we use expectations inappropriately and but I think there is a way to use expectations, and I've experienced it myself with other people who have been mentors and leaders for me, and I've used it with other people effectively, and that is where we, um, particularly with a team or a group of people, where we create an expectation that draws people to a higher level of performance or a higher level of moral character or a higher level of behavior. And those are the things I think that we sometimes don't don't consider. 
yes, we do beat, beat each other up a lot with unrealistic expectations. We do create expectations for ourselves, And then sometimes we can't meet those things and we beat ourselves up over those things. And that's not at all, I think, what God wants for us. But I think it comes down to how we use our brain power sometimes, how we use our ability to conceptualize things. Do we create concepts and put them out there for people to try to control them, to try to manipulate them, to try to get what we want out of life, out of God, out of people around us? Or do we use them as the gift that they are from God? Because everything that we have, including our thoughts, our, you know, our, our heart, our mind, our whole inner life needs to be oriented toward God and for the used for the benefit of other people. And where I where I can do that and where people can do that for me, create expectations that draw me closer to Christ, for example, closer to God, bring me to a deeper appreciation of the Eucharist. I think that's you know, those are good expectations. And those are things that I think I want placed on me at some level. Um, and to David, just to pick up real quickly on the point that you made about the Eucharist, you know, is there any, if you really think about it and reflect upon it as you kneel in front of the Blessed Sacrament after you receive communion, is there anything more intimate than having the body of Christ come into you, you know, that way into your, I mean, into your physical body and it becomes not only... You know, even the even a, a a sexual relationship with another person doesn't have that person become literally become part of who we are. The material that I receive in the Eucharist becomes part of my physical body going yes. forward. So even that is is even more intimate than you know than what we've been gifted to share in you know as parents or as fathers you know in the sexual relationship. But it's even more intimate than that because it not only do we partake of the marital embrace, but it becomes part of who we are physically. It's part of the substance that makes us up from now on, you know, and how many, we can receive the Eucharist every day and Jesus becomes part of our physical body every day, his substance. Yes. And, and, you know, and that's so important to understand. And, And another piece here that really struck me is he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Catholic church teaches that all baptized Christians, Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are members of the one body of Christ. And that baptism we receive as Jesus did and was shown in this form of a dove, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit on us. The Holy Spirit, but we have to tap into that. We have to seek His counsel, ask for Him to come along on the journey, to light our path. He's our advocate. We need to tap into that. Do we realize the gift God has given us? Jesus said He has to return to the Father. Why? So the Father can send another, the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Here at baptism, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and fire. And that fire is a share in God's unquenchable love for humanity. That fire, which we need to, con- we need to just continue to step into in our intimate relationships with God, that fire of His love to burn off from us anything, any imperfection, jealousy, anger, unforgiveness, um, anything that is keeping us from that relationship with God that would clearly allow His pure and unconditional love to be seen in us and flow through us. So for me, this baptism, don't discount this sacrament. You know, sacrament is an an oath. It is a way for us to receive the graces God wants for us. Bang, we get the Holy Spirit with the fire of God's love. Don't underestimate what God can do in you, with you, and through you in your simple yes. 
a simple yes of a Mother Teresa at age 14. No money, no, no mansion, nothing worldly. She changed the world, touched the lives of tens of millions, and continues to touch them long after she's gone home to her heavenly reward. We look at Mary, Mother Mary. She's a 14-year-old or so girl. She said her pure yes. I'm a handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. That's our life's journey. She is our model disciple. We are called to, to do exactly what she did, surrender. And then as she did at the wedding feast of Cana, we're called to take the needs of the servants of the Lord here on earth, take them to the Lord, and then give the counsel that he gives us, which is do whatever he tells you. So for me, this baptizing the Holy Spirit and fire, don't underestimate who you are in Christ. The heavens are open to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the archangels, the angels, the communion of saints. Man, tap into that incredible gift and be a world changer. It's why God created you. It's one of the reasons. Number one was for his delight. Number two, change the world. Change the world as Jesus Christ lives in you, with you, and through you. I was just sharing with some students at a school this past week uh, some writing from Anne, a lay apostle, and uh, it's in volume five, and, and it's Jesus speaking to her, but you know, to us through her. And says, uh, he says to us, uh, I want all souls to come back to my heart, and it is through you that I will do that. Yes. And that's like, like wow, cool, thank you. you know, he could have chosen any way to do this salvation thing, but he wants to include us, but scary at the same time. Because you look around, we're kind of knuckleheadish, you know, we're, we're, we're broken, we're weak, we're lazy, we're, we're sinful, yet he is well pleased with us. Right by baptism, we are, as our our ministry spiritual director says, uh, Monsignor Esther says to us, "You are Jesus." Right, we are Jesus. That when when we're baptized, it, it changes. We 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 we're we're Jesus. Right. So when he says, "You are my beloved son," with you I'm well pleased. He's saying that to us. Yes. Right. So when we walk out into the world, we are we are we're we're Jesus to the world. We're Jesus to our friends and to our family. Um, and and we need he needs us to the extent that we remain in his yeah. love yeah and that and how do we remain in his love by being obedient to his commandments or what are his top two commandments that sums them all up love love, love god with all your heart all your mind all your soul all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself so that that that's it and and it, and here's something else that's key because what you shared rob is powerful i mean the fact that Whoa, am I Christ to the world? Yes, you are. You're a member of his body. You are, you are created by God in the image and likeness of him. And number three, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the fire. But here's the key. It's not I that accomplishes anything. And this is the learning lesson John is teaching us. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. We must be bridled with the bridle of humility. The pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. If we, for one instant, have pride and say, huh, I'm Jesus to the world, that's not truth. That's a lie, because that's pride speaking. But as we humbly surrender our life, give it to God as a gift, as Mary did, then you're right. Jesus comes into us. He makes his home with us. He then lives in us, with us, and through us. And he is the one that accomplishes all the works of love that God has prepared in advance for each and every one of us to do. What does God need from us? Our yes. 
What does God need from us? Repent, repent, turn away from our sinful nature. God has given us as Catholics the greatest gift in the priesthood. We need to thank every priest we meet every day for the gift of their yes, because without the priest, there is no Eucharist, there is no confession, there is no church. It falls apart. But God, thank you, Lord, for that gift. So you know what? Thank a priest. Thank the bishop. Thank you for your yes. And, and, and then, you know, understanding how God works through them, through them, to help us on our journey. And acknowledge it. Let them know that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your yes. And I, th- <clears throat> I think, David, when you were talking about, you know, a person with pride who, you know, who puts themselves forth as, as, as Christ. I am yes. Christ to the world is ironically, you know, and paradoxically is exactly not Christ. Correct. And then, and while you were saying that it, it, a line from the scriptures hit me where Jesus says to Pilate, you say that I am, he says, are you the King of the Jews? You know? So, and, it, and it, cause it hit me is if, if, if I really am Christ to other people, then other people will be telling me that. Yes. Other other people will recognize Christ in me. Other people, and it and it's, if I'm Christ, you say that I am, not me. I don't say there that I go. am. You say that I'm Christ because I've affected you that way, and that's what comes to mind. Because we were, you were talking about, you know, uh, a saint we um, celebrated earlier this week, Saint Andre. You know, the humility of the man, where people recognized him as a presence of Christ, yes. you know, to where he attracted so many people to his funeral, you know, a million people to his funeral. But at the same time, he didn't go around telling people he was Christ. Nope. He just went and, and was Christ and people recognized yes. it in him. So because nobody but Jesus could have attracted that many people, you know, to, to a, a funeral for a guy who was a stable And a keeper. million people went to his funeral, over right. a million. Right. To a simple man who manned a toll booth, basically, or a, yeah. a, a booth where, where you would take people and show them around the grounds and stuff. And that's it. That's what it's all about. We are called to be Christ in our vocation. In the home, do our spouses recognize the Christ in us? And here's another key thing for us. Do we recognize the Christ in them? Right. Can we look past the world that has distorted them, the sin that has distorted them, and can we see that beautiful, pure child that God created in his image and likeness and for his delight and is for his purpose, which is to change the world? So for me, as Mother Teresa saw Christ in every one of the poor, in every one of the lepers, in every one of the ones with elephantitis, she didn't look at elephantitis and go, ooh, she saw the person of Christ in them, and she brought the person of Christ to them. That's our model. That's our call. Yeah. And while you were, while you were um, relating that, David, it just occurred to me when you were saying, do, you know, it's not just am I Christ to other people, but do I see Christ in my spouse, in my children? And then it occurred to me, you know, that is exactly what Jesus did. That is being Christ to other people, is finding the Christ. I mean, he found, the, he, he found divine life and he brought divine life to us and presented it to us and said we could be more than, than we are. He found himself in us. He found his humanity in us and invited us into his divinity. So to find Christ in other people is really being Christ to other people, you know? And uh, as opposed to, well, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to be Christ to other people? Well, help them see the Christ in themselves. 
Because that not that what Jesus did to us? He invited us to be part of his life. Invite them to be part of the life of Jesus, and then you'll be doing that. So invite them into the Eucharist. Invite them to the sacraments. Invite them to participate, to take advantage of the grace of their baptism, of the grace of their confirmation when they need courage, you know, all of those, those great things. And, and Tom, you said something. You brought me back to this, this last line in this reading that we have today. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. This is a challenging question to each and every one of our listeners. When is the last time you went as God's beloved daughter or God's beloved son, went to the Father and said, Father, what do you think of me? What do you think of me? And then listen. Let God the Father love you. Listen in your heart. That's where it all takes place. Listen in your heart and let the Father go sit at adoration and say, Father, I'm sitting here with your son, Jesus, who I'm here to adore. I'm going to ask you, what do you think of me? How did I do today? And then listen, God wants to pour his love out to you as the Father. Invite the Holy Spirit along. Invite Jesus. Go to him. It's awesome. That's the intimacy you can have. But it takes a choice. In order to have intimacy with your earthly spouse, it takes commun- com- you know, that communication every day to keep going deeper. Well, guess what? Spiritually, it's what we need to do with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What, what was Jesus doing right before the heavens opened up? What happened? Oh, yeah. He was praying. Praying, yeah. Right? And, you know, we, the whole time we're talking about baptism, we're talking about all, everything, and then this that one little thing, and was praying. Jesus was a man of prayer, right? And how often in my life do I push that aside, and the busier I get, the more prayer gets pushed, and, uh, you know, all the saints will tell us that the busier you are, the more you need to pray. Yes. And so Jesus was praying, and his prayer was probably, Father, Send the Holy Spirit. Bingo. Right? So he was praying, and he was asking the Father, and the Father responded with the Holy Spirit and with these words of affirmation, affirmation, words of encouragement, and words of love. And you said the key word. Jesus, when he went to prayer, always, always, always went to the Father. When Jesus, when the apostles asked Jesus to teach him how to pray, he said, Our Father. We need to go to the Father in all situations as his beloved children. We need to allow him to love us so that we can truly love others. It starts with that primary relationship. So if you haven't done it before, start today. Ask the Holy Spirit's help. And then as Jesus in your heart, go to the Father. God bless each and every one of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.